0: Uh, welcome to the Arms Like Leadership Podcast. Uh, I'm Christopher Bennett. I've got Chris Meredith, Derek Riviere, and Rick Broomfield here with me. Uh, we meet uh, every week, and we discuss the books that we're reading, how we're applying them um, in our lives, and, and we sit and share. And uh, so this is uh, no different than any other week. We've been meeting for about six years and uh, just now starting to record. So... Um, Welcome to the podcast, um, and I usually begin by asking one person, "What are you reading?" So uh, I'm going to start with Chris. What are you reading?
1: Right, I get to put get put on the spot right off the bat, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm reading a book by Craig Groeschel. It's called uh, Divine Direction, and uh, no, my first takeaway right off the bat was he pointed out that most of life. You know, your successes, your, your failures, they in they boil down to uh, one decision, uh, but they're small decisions. They're, they're not the big decisions that everyone thinks hey, they made a huge decision. You know, we made the decision to do this podcast. Well, that wasn't we've been just deciding to go have coffee and talk about a book for six years. And then that's kind of where, you know, you think about the overnight successes. Oh, it's an overnight success. Well, they've been doing it for 20 years. These little things, you know, every week we come and meet and talk about these books. We read a little bit. Sometimes we mess up. We don't read any because we get busy. But it's those little decisions, just deciding I'm going to read for 30 minutes today. That's what leads to the bigger success. So that was kind of the first takeaway I got out of his book.
0: Yeah, I love the idea of being an overnight success, and it's like, uh, you know, if if this becomes an overnight success, it'll be six years plus probably two or three years, maybe five years of recording, and then it becomes an overnight success, and it's like, wow, how? Man, I need to start a a podcast or YouTube channel or whatever so I can be an overnight success like those guys. Like, they had... You know, a thousand followers yesterday, and now they have a million Right. Um, I need to do that so I can have a million followers in a week or two. Um, but you never really think about the um, the little choices, the daily choices, um uh, like you said, reading twenty minutes a day, thirty minutes a day, coming together, talking about it for an hour a week, and just doing that without stopping with absolute consistency. It's fascinating.
1: It's um, all the books they all I was thinking about this on the way over. I was just like, man, all these books they have the similar principles are running through everything we've read. Similar principles run through the Bible. they' They're ancient. They're thousands of years old, yet we think we've found something new when really it's just we're hearing different perspectives on the same thing over and over. And, you know, this idea of the small decision, well, it's just like slight edge, it's a slight edge up, you know, you're choosing to do something that's positive that will improve your life. And it's just a slight edge. It's power of consistency. It's doing it on a regular basis. Uh, It's a small habit, you know, that 1% rule that was in that, I don't even remember what book that was in, Um, but it's just, it's a cool thread running through all the books that we've been reading. It's pretty powerful
2: that's what I thought of was a slight edge, you know, just small steps each day. Like we were talking last week, um, just small steps, uh, but taking action and small progression. Like what I was thinking about as well is if I had 2 million people on this podcast tomorrow, can I, could I handle that? You know, that's like the, and even in the slight edge, it talks about, um, there is no like breakthrough. Like it's always just these small steps working up to that, getting to that point, just small little actions.
3: And even just doing the podcast, like we learn different things every week too, right? You know, this, this week we had a little camera situation we had to figure out, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, but just taking little tiny, like, you know, nuggets essentially from each podcast, growing from it, learning, you know, moving on. That's huge.
1: Mm -hmm. You really have to embrace the journey. And realize that there's going to be failures. Mm-hmm. And the failures are your opportunity to get better every time. You, you almost don't even want a smooth track. Because you don't learn anything from that. And you don't get better. It's, you know, And then it sets you up for eventually hitting a big wall. Whereas you, you've just been chipping away at problems all the way through. That's how real life actually works. You don't see that on Facebook or social media. You just see that. Here's the success at the end. You don't see the... you know someone loses a bunch of weight, you don't see the time that they dropped a weight on their foot or the time they had to go get knee surgery and they missed four weeks or the time they went out of town and they chose to you know eat healthy while everyone else is not. Yeah. It's all those little things, all these little failures, mm-hmm. they all add up, but you learn and you get better. And I always tell my kids, I'm like, it's not a failure if you learn and you move forward. It's only a failure if you quit. That's when you fail. Don't quit. Just learn and go. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Probably the other thing I was thinking about from the book, he he points out, uh, you know, he's kind of talking about his mom always used to tell him about who he was hanging around. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I am so thankful for you guys. I mean, probably we, we definitely wouldn't be here uh, if I didn't know you. I mean, we, you know, and I feel like my life is totally different thanks to arms length leadership. Our group just sitting down and and. And doing what we did is put me on a totally different trajectory and being around, uh, you know, the right people, you guys to kind of bounce things off of. And we have a level of thinking that, uh, you know, most people don't have um, because they don't choose to. I mean, we're busy. I get lost in it all the time, but it's just having that camaraderie and that ability to... um, you know, talk about things and and how you're applying them and having that open, frank discussion is, is very powerful.
3: Yeah. 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 Having time every week to just get together and talk and actually work through problems and, you know, not just based on like garbage advice that you, you know, might tend to just give out. Like a lot of people just want to give out advice, right. You know, throughout the day or throughout the week and especially as guys, I feel like natural instinct is just jump in there, solve the problem. (laughs) But it's nice to be able to work through problems in a space where everybody's, you know, at least done some of the work, read some of the books, tried to grow personally and can like sit there and listen and help people walk through it without having to be like a hardcore problem solver. Right. Yeah. That's huge. I really like that. That's a good aspect. I think of this group, but
1: that's a great point. I mean, I, I used to do that. I would just, here's what I think you should do. Yeah. Now it's, what did I read that will help this person? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and first thing I think is the coaching habit where I'm thinking, ask questions, don't solve yeah. it first, but I'm also filtering in my mind the whole time, all the stuff we have read, what can it help them? And then how did my experience, I can share my experience. It may not be the answer, but it may help the other person think and find their own answer. Cause that's really what has to happen. I can't give them the answer because mm-hmm. I don't know all
3: that they know. Right. At any point. Yeah. Yeah, and I I feel like sometimes unsolicited advice specifically is really close to like criticism in tone. You know, like and sometimes in the way it's received, or mm-hmm. even if it's not intended that way, um, if if it's you didn't ask, you know if nobody asks like Hey, can you help me with this?" And if you're just kind of putting yourself out there and giving people advice, it's kind of like criticizing in a way, right? Like, right. oh, you're doing this wrong. Here's what you need to do, you know? And that's just something that popped up. But that popped up for me because I'm reading, you know, Carnegie. Like, that's the fourth book. I finally started reading that.
2: yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> and that was like the whole first part was, you know, about criticism. And I just now I'm making that connection between right. criticism and advice. They're kind of pretty similar.
0: Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, that's one thing we don't do is give advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard, especially when somebody's coming to you mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, I need some advice." And they always, that's I, I don't know if you guys ever heard that. I, I've I've heard it. Hey, Derek, I need some advice. This is what's going on. What's your advice? What should I do? Mm-hmm. It's like you are not giving them good advice by giving them advice. Yeah, you're not really helping them by saying, "Okay, well, this is what you need to do." a b, C d, e, f g and it might be right, but you're really not helping them mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah, that's true, but figuring out you know what the right questions are to ask to help them maybe frame it in a better way and think through it because they know they know way more than we do about their problem
2: mm-hmm. so. yeah
0: um so what are you reading the
3: I'm so bad with book titles uh, every okay. week. I did it last week too. I was like power yeah. of what? No. Yeah. Uh, no. So it's Carnegie. It's like how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. So, how is I, that. Did I get yeah. it right? You, you got it. Napoleon I actually got it. Hill okay. <laughs> you win. Carnegie. Yeah. 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 So I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Carnegie. Carnegie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Napoleon Hill was basically hired by Andrew Carnegie. Mm-hmm. And it's actually Carnegie. But when you say Carnegie, you know, oh, you know yeah. that's what you're talking about. Yeah. But in Scott Scottish actor sure. Carnegie, yeah, <laughs> um, a- Andrew Carnegie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's a uh, uh, how to win friends and influence people.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a good book, you know. Like so, that's the fourth book on the list, right? right. Um, and we did, you know, it was the Jocko Willink book, mm-hmm. Simon Sinek book, and Brene Brown book, and now it's this one, right? Because right. I know you picked really intentionally the first eight books are pretty intentional and like the and the order they're in and everything. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm on that one and I've been kind of really trying to absorb more from each part of the book before I like try to, I don't want to just rush through it every week and like not get any good insights from it. Right. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I really liked was, you know, about criticizing others. Um, they talked, there was some anecdotal stuff in there talking about Lincoln and how, you know, he used to be very critical and he would write these op ed pieces in the paper about, you know, other politicians up until the point he got in a duel with one of them mm-hmm. because, you know, the guy took serious offense to it. Yeah. And he came riding over on his horse and they had to have like a sword fight basically, but he wound up not going through with it. But, you know, but it was a real risk of death, <laughs> you know, there just from his words. Right. And so he stopped being so critical and started being more laudatory of the things that he did like in others. So, you know, he Lincoln really lived on that judge not lest you be judged mindset, right? And that got me thinking a lot about today's world and social media and how, you know, we don't write the amount of forethought and effort you have to put into writing a negative hit piece on somebody as a journalist and then publishing it in a paper or sending it via mail you know back in the 1860s was pretty like you had to have a lot of i'm not maybe malice or i'm not sure what to to follow through with that but now i feel like the barrier to that negativity is essentially non-existent because anybody can pick up their phone now go through you know, flip through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and right. just leave some nasty negative comment and move on with their day where there's no consequences, less nobody's showing seconds. up with a sword, you know, right. to chop your head off because <laughs> you besmirched their name, right? Yeah. So it just creates kind of like a, almost like a toxic environment, like a toxic type town square environment. Mm-hmm. So that was like my big takeaway, just really be more positive, I think, going forward and on social media specifically. Yeah. I get that in me sometimes. That's why I try to stay out of the comment section because, you know, I know I'm sure you guys have had that moment where you're like, you see something Mm -hmm. you're scrolling through, you see something, you're like, I got to say something. But then what's it? It's not like we're changing anybody's mind with a comment. So what's the point really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Christopher really, uh, the group, that was one of the first things that I changed was, I put a filter on inspire and courage, which is kind of what we're supposed to do mm-hmm. for this group. And I just applied it to all social media and email at work. And I just said, "I'm going to inspire and courage with these words, or I'm not writing it." Yeah. And every time I would, it just it was just it's automatically there now. It's just even in the, there's times I really want to fire off, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, no, because number one, I mean, what's my mission? Inspire and courage. Is this going to inspire and courage? No. And are you gonna change anything no mm-hmm. no one's gonna change from a comment on social media it's just gonna make it worse yes. so so it's,
0: it's funny because uh I think I inspired you to start doing that absolutely partly and I inspired my wife to start doing that too and then recently I've been getting into Twitter more and tweeting and I'm a little bit more anonymous on Twitter and I've I've not had that filter on so much myself and so I've been tweeting and just uh, maybe criticizing or being a little snarky. And it's funny because what I put out there for a, a long time ago has kind of come back. And so, in particular, you and Emmy have both said something to me uh, to the effect mm-hmm. of your your tweets lately have been been interesting, <laughs> or I I forgot how it was phrased, but it was it was very uh, non non critical, but uh, just. Almost in the form of a question of like, you know, how are you tweeting? <laughs> like, yeah. how, how do you feel about those things you're yeah. putting out there? And so uh, I wasn't even conscious of it. And then after that happened and it was like two or three people within a week, I was like, hmm, maybe I need to uh, put that filter back on. But when you when you get relaxed and you feel anonymous, then you start to go outside of, you know, wh- where you, you should be. Um, so it's just kind of mm-hmm. funny how, like w- when you do put, put positive out there in the world and then you start to go off track, um, that positive, uh, influence can come come back at you in a good way and get you back on track. It's just like, um, if you have the right people around you and you guys are on a mission, um, to, to do something, you know, like on the slight edge, you know, like getting better and growth. When, when you go off of that, it's a little bit, it's almost like a uh, rope climbers and you all have ropes mm-hmm. uh, uh, connected to each other. And one, one person falls off and it, it keeps the person from falling off the cliff. And then, you know, they can get back on and keep climbing. So it's just kind of neat. Yeah. Um, I really like that
1: because it, reminds me you know i noticed something lincoln did it and you did it um just reflecting mm. and correcting making a course correction you you know you, you notice something uh, that other people were saying he had a guy show up with a sword <laughs> yeah and he, you know then yeah. your deal with yeah. you know getting the positive feedback loop um and i was Ooh. thinking all whole time like if you do something way off if you really set yourself up where you're like Man, he's always positive, and then he's wrote this. Yeah, are you okay? It's like right. somebody calls you and is like, "Hey, are you all right?" That was kind of weird. You know? yeah.
0: Was your account hacked? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, if you show that's up, that's not you. If you build that brand enough, where it's like, yeah, you know, your personality showing up and, and it's positive, and you've done the work on it. People will notice the difference. They'll see it. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what I want to be. I want to be different. I just want—I want people to see a difference. And that's kind of what we're supposed to do as Christians, right? I mean, we're supposed to be different. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. Yeah, And they should see it. And they should feel it. People should feel it.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I I feel exactly the same way. I feel like I'm trying to, you know, improve how I interact with people and stuff. I, I mean, I've always thought I was pretty good at it. And then I keep forgetting I'm from Massachusetts and there's like a certain level of just underlying sarcasm that comes with that. You know? <laughs> like, that maybe doesn't play as well, you know, in the South and the West and the Midwest, but like, why are you so mean all the time? But you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm really working on that myself. That's a, that's a huge thing I feel like I've been getting from this group Yeah. and some of the other groups, especially the church groups, you know, like you mentioned just being Christian and, you know, reading the word and studying it and trying to figure out ways to apply it. But yeah.
2: Rick, what are you reading? Um, Never You Read Alone? Oh yeah. Keith Rousey. Um, <clears throat> I kind of went to another book that he wrote. Um, Who's Got Your Back? Ah. And I think he wrote it after Never You Alone. And he talks about in that book how that he was, offered a job as a a VP or something of some motel. And he, he wasn't, he had this job and he wasn't, um, he wasn't like sharing, like being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like he was having some problems. Like he was, felt like he was failing at his job. And uh, just, it took him a while to like finally reach out to somebody and, you know, talk about it. And um, I thought that was, You know, pretty cool. Um, You know, I think we use that word vulnerability a lot, but, you know, there's a lot to that. You know, like, um, like just, you know, to be just to be yourself, like you have all these thoughts in your head and you have these fears and these insecurities and all these things. And but I just think that, like, you know, being vulnerable is just, you know, being who you are, you know, inside your head. And, um, so I thought that was, uh, it, it was kind of insightful for me. Like I was started thinking about like all these different things, mm-hmm. um, you know, like every day I'm facing some fear, you know, like I, and, uh, my wife's who I normally try to work through that with and it, it can be, you know, I, I can't, I can't think of anything offhand exactly what it is, but, um, trying to think of what happened. Oh, my dog, uh, got a hold of my AirPod Max <laughs> oh, max and chewed them yeah. up. Oh man. And, uh, it happened twice. So I had to tell oh. her two times, uh, buttercup, you leave something on the table and she'll get up there, and, you know, grab it off there, oh. you know, and, uh, you know, she didn't know any better. It's a dog and it's a chew toy to her. So I had to like be brave and say, you know, uh, my buttercup got a hold of my, <laughs> my uh, <laughs> AirPod uh, 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 and uh, you know, but you know, stuff like that, just facing those little things like that. I had to be vulnerable, you know, yeah. because she bought those for me as a Father's Day gift. Oh, no, her and mm. the kids. Yeah. So, um, that was that was one thing I took from it. And then the other thing that I took from it was just the influence of the book. Um, you know, it's about, networking and meeting new people and you know right uh just just being around the book you know it made me more willing to you know reach out to people that uh, I'm not really very good at that like reaching out to to people and you know saying hey to go to lunch or uh like wanting to go uh like engage in conversation with somebody like in the neighborhood um so I just you know, the books can be, uh, we were talking about like our top five influences and, you know, they can be, for me, they can be one of those. I can, I can spend enough time with the book that it becomes influential. You know, it makes me uh, want to, uh, kind of do what the book's saying. Like, it, like, it, like drives me to do it. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, motivates me to do it. Like I actually want to do it, like whenever I'm listening to the books. Mm-hmm. So. Um yeah.
0: So when they say you're the average of the five people you hang around, maybe the fourth or fifth person could be almost like the authors of a book. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I think so like like your you know your phone if you're on YouTube. If you're on oh, yeah. YouTube more than you're right. uh being influenced by somebody else, you know, that's are yeah. yeah. I think anything doesn't have to be a person. Sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I really like someone said it last week on the podcast about have, having a books like going to lunch and having that mm-hmm. conversation with uh, the author mm-hmm. spending time with them so when you pick up a uh, book like that you can really get into kind of their thinking and get some wisdom off of that but i would say it's still important to have the tr- you know real yeah. close friends and it's
0: the real relationship yeah
1: because uh, grochelle in the book he talks about i was looking up a, a stat Uh, Because I can't remember what his stat was, but it was, it was a large stat. And when I just looked up, it was saying 27% of millennials don't have a close friend Mm. and 25% don't have a friend at all. Wow. Mm. And that's all about that. Having someone to go to, 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 you know, you got a problem. You need to be able to go to someone outside your family and that you can share the problem with or get it off your chest and just get some uh you know, some real, I don't know if it's advice, but at least share the your situation and get it off your chest. And that's something, you know, with social media, I think we get away of. We have thousands of friends on social media, but no real friends. And that's a problem. I mean, just society. I don't have that problem, thanks to you guys, mainly. But <laughs> uh, but and as the other thing, we always talk about the five friends or your average or whatever. Yeah. You can have more than five. It's okay. You know. yeah. <laughs> We're speaking generally, right? Yeah. I mean, you can have more than five friends. Yeah.
0: Can't be like, okay, you're going to be my fifth friend, so I got to yeah, my,
3: my other fifth. Exactly. Friend. I was literally just sitting here thinking like, I, think I have more than five friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to do some shuffling. Yeah. That's funny.
2: <laughs> do some ranking every mm-hmm. year. No. Uh, something else I thought about on vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, to me that's even like sharing like your dreams like your aspirations mm-hmm. and no matter how crazy they are you know they yeah you know that's that's like you like that's who you are and that's part of being you know it's not just the the tough things mm-hmm. well like for me it'd be even tough to share like some of my dreams that I that I have in my head mm-hmm. you know so that's even you know being vulnerable like it's it's one word but it's a lot there's a lot in there yeah you know there's a lot of different you know things that we we don't
1: share, yeah. No. yeah. I think Brene Brown talks about it in power of vulnerability. She was talking about you know, when you, when you show up, don't shrink, don't expand, you know, don't, don't shrink, up. don't hide stuff, but don't puff up into something you're not. Yeah, just be you, just yeah. be there, be present, yeah, and just be you, and that's being truly vulnerable is, is just being yourself. Yeah, So yeah, I like that.
3: Yeah, that's hard. It's hard to navigate that, you know, it's a, depending on what circles you run into, you know, like the, the whole not puff up thing, you know, not just let your ego go. I feel like that's just a really challenging thing for men in general, mm-hmm. you know, across the board. It's hard to not po- <laughs> like sometimes It's hard yeah. to not posture. Yeah. But
0: yeah, it's funny because, yeah, depending on who you're around, you'll tend to puff up or, or shrink back, right? Mm-hmm. You, you might think, oh, well, I don't want to, like, make them feel bad about maybe this situation they're in. So then you start to be, like, overly self-deprecating, right? Or, or in the opposite, like, if people around you are, like, maybe really successful or something, then you just kind of feel like you have to puff up and be like, yeah, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that this is my big goal and, and, and not, not like in a positive way of being vulnerable, sharing your goals and dreams like we may hear, but just like to try to show somebody else up like, well, this is my big dream. And, you know, like it, it's, it's actually bigger than what you're even doing, you know? Um, But uh yeah, it can go either way.
1: It reminded me of uh, something just popped in my head. I don't know what book or podcast it came from, but someone was saying that self confidence comes from uh, keeping the promises you make to yourself. Hmm. So you keep the promise you make to yourself, so you're self confident, not um, not overly confident. You know, yeah. I'm saying you're self confident, like uh-huh. in a good way. Uh-huh. You're sure of yourself. And so, because you're keeping these promises over and over, whether it's going to the gym, eating right, reading the book, reading your Bible study, whatever it is, you're doing the things you promised you would do for yourself. You have self-confidence. Therefore, in any situation, you should be able to show up and do that and be confident in yourself because your confidence comes from within. It doesn't come from outside. Yeah, I've noticed for me, if I'm not doing those things, that's when I shrink up or my ego gets out of control It's because I'm not keeping those promises to myself. That's when I have problems is what I've noticed.
0: Yeah. I thought it was interesting. You're talking about promises to yourself. It's very inwardly focused in a, in a good way, instead of the opposite would be comparison. So I'm comparison, comparing what I'm doing with what you're doing or what, what you're doing, what you're doing and whether how that comparison goes, if I feel like you're doing more than I am, then I'm gonna to want to overly be overly confident or, or puff up. Or if if you're you know if I compare and the level is is oh I'm doing way more, then I might get um you know kind of arrogant and you know either puff up or shrink back. But yeah, it's 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 a matter of like being uh confident um in what you're doing or confident in like how you're looking at everybody. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that, but sorry. I didn't to no, you, but no, it's I'm all right. Changing the microphone. You're no, bumping cool. Yeah. Bit, I kept so. bumping it. Um, you're fighting it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, true. yeah. So when we're, when we're comparing ourselves with others, I think that's, that's a lot of times the enemy and that's okay. where the ego creeps in. Yeah. Is the comparison that Brene Brown talks
3: about. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And you I I it's interesting too, because like we are the we're the definers, like we're the de, we're the people who define our own success and our own failure, right? Or what is consistency? Like that's another thing that you get caught comparing things with, right? So let's say I'm wanna like I just started running again. Okay. So ideally I'd love oh thanks. <laughs>
2: I'd like decision. To,
3: yeah, yeah, but I'd like to run, you know, like five days a week, and you know, it's it would be easy to beat myself up if I'm not running five days a week. Like, what if I only get three or four days in? But I, the the bar that I'm setting is my own internal bar, right? So if I want to define consistency as five days a week, that's fine. But I can also define it as three days a week or four days a week, or just getting up and doing it is consistent, yeah. or making the attempt to do something can be consistency. Mm-hmm. So. And that's all internal. And you don't have, I feel like you don't have to really compare, Yeah, you know, like you were saying yourself to others. Um, and it's just so, it causes that negative feedback loop. And then you start to beat yourself up more. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, and if maybe you're taking too many things on at once, right. You know, so I'll, I'll tend to do that. I'll take on like, like this week ago, I decided I wanted to stop eating meat or I mean, I'm going to start eating only meat. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to eat more meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to eat a lot more meat. So I want to change my diet, you know, basically right. get a little bit more, you know, keto ish into that range. I want to start running more. I wanted to cut back on cat- I, There like 10 things I wanted to do to change about myself. Yeah. And I have this habit of just doing them all. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there's 10 things I got to change. I'm changing them tomorrow. And then, you know, I magically wind up being angry. I don't know why, you know, <laughs> like I made 10 serious changes in a day, but yeah. yeah. So sometimes even piecemealing that up and like, well, I want to do these 10 things, I'll do this for a few weeks and then add in yeah. something, you know.
0: That reminds me of Atomic Habits. Yeah, yeah. It's a book. I don't know what book it is. Have you read it yet, Greg? I haven't read it yet. Maybe it's like in the 30s or whatever on the mm. on the book list, but they talk about habit stacking. So you do like one habit and then... Uh, Once that becomes a habit, then you add one right after it. Mm -hmm. So it's like stacking. So eventually you could stack 10 habits. Yeah, But you just start with establishing one. So I started doing that because I'm I'm really bad with habits. I don't know. I like to always try to do things differently all the time. That's almost a habit in and of itself. So like taking like a medication or um, a, a vitamin or something every day is really hard for me to be consistent with. So um I started taking this like low dose cholesterol thing and it was just really hard to like do it. And I was thinking, well, I'm I'm really good at taking this one multivitamin gummy that probably doesn't really even have any nutritious value <laughs> of it. But, but but it's good enough. So and I like the way it tastes. So I, I will my brain will tell me to go to the pantry and take one of those. And so what I did was I put the, the medicine, like right on top of that gummy, uh, mm-hmm. thing. And so I would go to the gummy thing. I'd take it. And then I'd take the medicine and then Emmy was trying to get me to take something else. So I just like literally like put the other thing, like right next to it. Um, so I couldn't reach for it without getting to the next. And so I, I find that a lot of times, you know, that's just an easy way to like see it, mm-hmm. but that, that's, um, that's helped me. Um, just that habit stacking.
3: Yeah, that's smart. I haven't I obviously am not on the book 30 yet, but I just it <laughs> was just a thought I was yeah, having last no, week just... and I was thinking I was researching motivation on my own separately anyway. Yeah. And like, you know, getting motivated and maintaining motivation. Yeah. And when I think when I was doing it into like maintaining it, you know, that's yeah. when habits started coming up and yeah. forming habits and they mm-hmm. say it takes like 3 months on average mm-hmm. to form like really cement in a habit. You know, some people are faster, some people are slower, but, um, then I was like three months, how am I going to do all the 10 things I want to do in <laughs> three months? That doesn't seem like it's pot, you know? Yeah. So, but then I don't, I don't want that to like discourage me. So, right. but that's, that's a really good point. I like the idea of like piggybacking off of something yeah. that you're already doing and using it as a springboard to like remind yourself yeah. to do the new thing. Right. Because there's always cool something thing.
0: we do, right? Yeah. Like every day. Yeah. So it's like, we if you can find that one thing and then just like piggyback on to it, one more thing and mm-hmm. then one more thing. And then eventually what you do is you have like an entire day. Mm-hmm. And then like, instead of like doing 20 minutes a day towards something productive, you end up doing mm-hmm. six hours towards it. Yeah. Not one productive thing, but several productive things. And I think that like when you see people's lives and, Retrospect, like Benjamin Franklin, like Einstein, and stuff like they got in these habits that were just daily, and it was just the way they lived their life. And it ended up not having to do with motivation, but just habits, because mm-hmm. we can't sustain uh, motivation for very long.
1: Yeah, willpower has a it uh, runs out.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And
1: you run out of it, and I think it's real important to find your first thing needs to be something you really want. Hmm. It's like an anchor habit, yeah. Something you really, really want. Because for me, I've worked on this for a long time, and I've finally got kind of a miracle morning. Because it's a miracle because it actually happens. Well, I like it. (laughs) It finally happened. But I started getting up at four o'clock every day, four a.m. Get up, get my stuff on, brush my teeth, all that kind of thing. By four twenty-ish, I have a cup of coffee. And I'm reading my Bible, getting my Bible study in for the day. By 4.30, my wife comes out of the room, gets in the car. I trail behind her. We go to the the workout, Fit Camp 180. Fit Camp really helped me. I don't know. I just fell in love with it, by the way. And that's my anchor. Mm -hmm. That's my Mm -hmm. my why I'm getting up at 4 so I can get to that and get it done. Because it won't happen if it don't happen Mm 1st so everything kind of revolves around that. So I I just immediately said, well, I got fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes before while I'm waiting on her, where I can study my Bible and get that in. So that was kind of it. it just started building like that, and then once that's done, we come back and I water the yard. Mm. I put down some what was it annual rye? Yeah, I put some annual rye down because my brother, you know. He shamed me into it, <laughs> sort of. No, he inspired me, is what he did. He inspired me to put down the annual rice. So I put down I did all this work. I put down the seeds, but I'm having to water the whole yard every day because my sprinkler system's broke. So I I do that when we come back. I have my protein shake. I mean, it's it is literally everything is just like a domino. One domino goes down and the other one goes up. And then I read the ReadWise app and do what I need to do with my uh, my fund work. And then next thing you know, it's seven thirty. I'm taking CJ to school. Coming wow. back, waking up the twins, getting them ready. They're out the door. By then, it's nine o'clock. So from four to nine, I've got habits stacked. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that for a month. Wow, it's the same every day, wow. except for Saturday and Sunday. And those are different. But yeah. Monday through Friday, it's the same every day. It's Sounds a,
0: like the name of a book.
1: Yeah,
0: a Miracle Morning. If that hasn't
1: mm-hmm. a- yeah. a- yeah. been yeah. mm-hmm. weird. imagine that you know how many times I've heard that that sounds like a book (laughs) Miracle Morning
0: or just in general
1: no uh, no you saying you always say that sounds like a book (laughs) I ain't working on a book so Mm. yeah yeah there's a habit there too yeah Yeah. Yeah, so Tuesday and Thursday I have to take my daughter to the UCO for her college from 9 to 11 she's there or 9 to 12 yeah and because I work at home, I just found myself kind of getting stir-crazy at home. So I started going with her, and just I I let her off, and I park at the library, and I go into the UCO library and work from 9 to 12, and I've set it up where the first part is writing the book, just writing, just write wow. for, for some time. And then the rest, I work on the other things, the things I need to work on for work, and just whatever, I just set it aside. From here to here, I'm going to do these, I'm going to focus in on, You know, this specific task, whatever it is. And it's great because everyone else is there working. People around me are working. There's no goofing off. It's, Mm -hmm. it just helps me kind of focus and it's been really helpful. So I started that a couple weeks ago. It's been kind of tough because there's always something missing in my habit. Mm. Uh, kids need to go to the dentist kids need to go to the doctor this kid calls in forgot their lunch it always messes it up yeah, so yeah. that's why the morning is so important yeah that early morning is important because there's no one else awake to yeah. disturb me and I can get all that done
3: no variables that's right yeah, that's a really really good point like how early like just no appointments there's no nothing I like that
1: there's no phone calls coming in yeah
3: there's nothing
1: it's just here's the things that I need to get done and it just sets up the rest of the day
3: mm-hmm it's almost like you have two days it feels in, like, in one day. it sounds like, like you it sounds like you've figured out a way to like have a day to do what you need to do and then have the rest of the day to do what needs to get done, yeah, which is pretty awesome,
1: yeah, and it feels like it yeah at night, I'm like, do we work out this morning? yeah it feels like yesterday, well, it's like that
0: whole <laughs> yeah. thing that's been overplayed and you, everybody's seen it, but you know the jar and they put the big rocks in and then the yeah little pebbles and the sand and mm-hmm. then the water and you just kind of can continue yeah. to fill it. But if you start with the sand and then try to put it in yeah. the rocks, it's not that it. start
3: with the rocks. So
0: yeah. it sounds like you're putting in the big rocks first.
1: Absolutely. I was trying to prioritize yeah. you know, God time and my physical fitness because those things, I got to have my, my spirit, right. I got to have my mind, right. I do that with the read wise. Yeah that pulls in all the books we've read the quotes from all the books we read. Right. So I'm getting a recycle of the books we read and then I'm getting uh m- my physical in done all before 6. Mm-hmm. Right. And now I'm I'm like loaded to take care of all the problems that are coming. <laughs> yeah, cuz they're coming. Yeah. Instead
0: day. of <laughs> instead of going through the whole day trying to do those things but getting interrupted
1: That's right. all day long. And you're frustrated. And frustrated. Mm-hmm. And that's like I said, the self confidence goes down because I didn't, I made a promise I was going to read the Bible every day. I was going to study these uh, books every day and then I'm going to work out. Yeah. And it, because I didn't do it in the morning, it didn't ever happen. Right. And now my self confidence shrinks.
0: And then you start blaming everybody. Around that's exactly you, right. messing you up. Right mm-hmm. That's right.
1: That's right.
0: You're trying to work out, but they've got to do that. And that's
1: a small decision thing. Yeah. So I don't go work out. I slept in. Now I'm mad at myself, so now I'm yelling at the kids, and the kids you have to go to a counselor and do drugs, you know, one day because their dad was mean to them. That's what happens. I mean, yeah. it's extreme, right? But that's. But when that happens daily,
0: that it, it can go absolutely. like the slight edge down. We're,
3: that's exactly we're what it is. I so feel it's called small out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like you're describing my day for the past like week. Well, the honest to God truth is, <laughs> we're all there.
1: Yeah. We, it's a, it's a cycle, <laughs> yeah. and because I can't, I, I mean, I'm going to get off of this. cycle. I've been off of it. Yeah, I was going so you've great. Only been doing it for 30 days. Got knocked know. off a site, You know, I got knocked off of it, and I had to like really fight to get it back. I mean, it was really tough. Yeah. To get back into the groove, but yeah. that's the you know don't quit. Just you know get back to it and go. Yeah. Because yeah. you're going to mess up.
3: Got to be able to just sit there and force yourself to do stuff. That's what I do with running. If yeah. I don't want to run, I just am like, well, you're not doing anything else until you run. So mm. just sit. I will just sit there and like stare at the floor and like stare at my <laughs> shoes and <be> like, uh. <laughs> all right. I'll put in putting my phone down is a big one too. But okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes just like just put it down. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I'll get up and I'll just go just start walking because yeah. I, I don't want to run either. Yeah. And I just go start walking, yeah. and then eventually, you know, moving a little quicker, and mm-hmm. you know, and eventually turns into running. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I just walk, but it's better than sitting there on your phone or yeah.
0: staring at the floor. Yeah, usually I'm
2: tired because I did in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, I don't. I don't want to do anything. I want to just sit there and drink coffee and eat donuts. Yeah. <laughs> a donut does sound pretty good right now <laughs> for a donut.
0: <laughs> I feel like sometimes though, what we need to do is 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 take like, uh, you know, a stick with a string with a donut on it, and you know, hold it in front of us, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like there's some truth to carrot that. carrot stick appro- or uh, mm-hmm. carrot and stick approach, but like set a little reward, like yeah. kind of like what you're saying, like I'm not gonna be able to do anything until I run right? Mm -hmm. So I used to do that when I was getting my master's degree. I'd have like five papers due in one week and I was working. And so like my whole like old way of doing things was like procrastinate and wait till last minute and do it. And and I could surprisingly do it pretty well. Um, But when you have like five or six or seven papers due in a week and each one takes several hours, you have to do one each day. And so for me to... To do that, I would kind of be like, okay, I need to sit down and do this. After I finish it, then I can have a cup of coffee or a, a treat, a donut or or whatever it might be. And so just like having little tiny like rewards would help me get through and and do it. But mm-hmm. I was just, sometimes you have to trick your brain a little bit.
1: Yeah, I've had success with it. You have. Yeah. Just, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I got to do a task. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah and i'm craving something like frosted flakes
3: <laughs> yeah
1: i'm like okay i'll do the task then i'll have my frosted flakes yeah. and i'll i'll just reward myself then i
3: can have breakfast with tony the tiger that's right they're great <laughs> <laughs> and it works yeah i usually just like forget to eat until about 2 p.m. then i'm like why am i so mad <laughs> oh it's cuz i didn't eat any food today uh, i've only had coffee yeah.
0: <laughs> that can make you pretty mad and yeah yeah, I, I've had that happen where my, my anxiety is high and I'm getting irritable. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, I've only had two cups of coffee and nothing. To eat yet. Yeah. yeah,
3: you probably need double the coffee. Double the coffee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just hangry all the time. Hangry. <laughs> so I, it's funny because I was like thinking to myself, like I got to shift my sleep schedule. That was actually, that's kind of one of my first, like my anchor thing, like you were talking about. And But I shifted it to like get up at 530 and now I'm like, I don't know if that's early. I genuinely don't know if that's early enough, mm. you know, because like five 30 is like almost like a normal time to get up these mm. days, you know? Um, but no, I gotta,
0: I guess gotta you guys much. are making me feel bad. see. That's yeah. what, when you start comparing. I'm like, yeah. I get up at like seven <laughs> 30.
1: Yeah. Well, if that works for you, then yeah. go yeah. for I it. I think sure. it works for me. That's the yeah. thing. It's, yeah. if it, you know, you got to do what works for you.
0: I think that's a good point. And, and going back to the comparison and, and what works for you, like, I think we, we get too much into, hey, this is the way to do it. And so, but for some people, it might be doing those writing tasks and different things at night when, right. when everybody's asleep mm-hmm. or, you know, whenever. So it's, everybody's got different things that work for them. But you definitely have to figure out something that you can um, get in a, a a habit of doing, like positive things for, for yourself, for growth, uh, mm-hmm. that just eventually kind of happened on automatic so we meet every monday morning and for a while it was really hard and i had to like fight with myself because i would try to rationalize not going Mm -hmm. um but after we were meeting for i don't know a year or two i just wake up and it would just happen Mm -hmm. i didn't have to think about it and it was only i mean that morning i would be wake up at 6 a.m Every other morning, I was waking up at 7.30 or 8. So for me, it was a big change to wake up two hours early one morning. And so it would be a shock for my body. But now I get up before my alarm even goes off. And I'm just like, okay, it's Monday. Automatic. Yeah, I don't even think about it. Was it
1: cream cheese is what got me there. It's the cream cheese. <laughs> the cream cheese. Cream cheese <laughs> on hey. the bagels. Yeah.
0: <laughs> got to have a reward.
1: Yeah, it worked.
2: A reward. good bagel.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I'm reading a Andrew Carnegie book. Uh well, Napoleon Hill wrote it. Sure. And honestly I can't remember what it was, but uh I'll 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 mention it next week. Um but it was like a book that was sort of uh lost and not published. Hmm. And then they just within the last, I don't know, ten or twenty years, just like kinda really put it out there. And so it's it's basically an interview between Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie and they're just kinda um uh, Napoleon Hill is kind of giving them softball uh, pitches to head out of the park and they get go back and forth. Um, but they're talking about um, creativity and what he talks about, like uh, synthesizing ideas. So just kind of combining different ideas. So it's funny, he was talking about uh, this telephone operator. This is a long time ago. So telephone operator had some downtime during his day Uh, while he was doing the telephone operating for the railroad lines and he was like he wanted to make some extra money and so he thought well I can do they called it like mail order almost and so since the line was open he would call the other operators and he bought like 10 watches and he called all these other guys and he sold all these watches and so he started selling watches on the line (laughs) online you know, over the lines. And it was like one of the first times, like you you could almost say it was like early, early, early Amazon, mm. you know? So he was using the the lines to, to sell goods. And so he started doing that. And then before you know it, you know, it, he was selling lots of watches and then selling other things. So it was really funny cause I was like, that's like the whole idea of Amazon. Yeah. And so yeah. Jeff Bezos did that, you know, 150 years later, And so what they were saying is there's not really a lot of times brand new ideas. It's just the synthesis of other people's ideas and then doing it well. And so um, he was talking about, too, how he um, uh, in the steel industry, Napoleon was asking him, like, you know, uh, why he did so much better than everybody else. And it was really just the application of a lot of these different uh, principles throughout the book that he's talking about. He was basically like, it wasn't that he was smarter than everybody else. He just applied it and applied it with much more consistency. Mm. So that was a big thing was you know uh, applying these principles with consistency um, versus a, a lot of times some of his competitors were applying the same principles um, for a little while. And then they'd get off of it in a little while, but he did it with Consistency. Never quit. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. I like that consistency note. It's like, you know, you've got 365 days in a year. And if you do nothing, then you've wasted 365 days. But if you do one thing, you've done 365 things. Mm. And that just adds up, you know, mm. that's just like that picture you sent to, to the group chat. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I was struggling with the, I didn't really look at it too close cause I saw there was a math, thing on it. I was just like, um, maybe no math today, but yeah. you know, it's like the same idea though, right? Like, yeah. you know, multiplicative power of the multiplicative power of, you know, right. being consistent, small little steps. It was like, up.
0: what, 1.01 yeah, to the power of 365? Was that what yeah. it was? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You yeah, just extra stuff done just by doing those tiny little things. Yeah.
0: Tiny little things and then also just Getting a little bit better at it each time.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So that synthesis of ideas, I, I thought of your um, junk hauling business. Mm-hmm. What's it called?
3: So local junk hauling.
0: Local yeah. junk hauling. And I was thinking, because we we were talking about it, and you're like, I feel like I can do a lot of the same things that are out there, but do it better. Yeah. Right. Like marketing. There are is some marketing going on. In that industry, but not a whole lot. Yeah. And and you felt like you could do it better. Yep. Um. And then the actual execution of what it is, you felt like you could do better. So you do all these things and you do it just a little bit better than everybody else. And then you just do it a little bit better than you did yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow you're doing it a little bit better than you are today. Then all of a sudden you have this junk hauling business that's doing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we were... Uh, I was thinking about doing advertising through through this, and then once we hit fifty uh, listens, then we can do an a, a advertisement where we actually record it and add it to the thing. Um, but I was thinking, well, why not make that our advertisement? Yeah. So this is the piece of uh, today that's the advertisement. Right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what's the name of the website?
3: It's just localjunkholling.com. It's actually why I picked. That name because the com was available. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. So yeah. .com. It's really good. Yeah, it's good That's for awesome. like SEO, you know, like yeah. search engine optimization.
0: Well, you can also have to make it slash OKC slash Tulsa. Yeah. Slash Dallas. Exactly. It's great
3: over. if it ever franchises out or grows, you know, yeah. and gets out of state or in state, you know. You can always do like different landing pages for each one.
0: But for now, if somebody's in the Oklahoma city area, then they need yeah.
3: some junk haul.
1: I can... mean when it branches out? Yeah, when it branches,
3: when it branches, out, out. branches yeah. out. Well, I've kind of got a split focus now. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll tend to start more than one business, mm-hmm. see what works, follow it, and, you know, and then, but I've also started another, that's why we're able to do this podcast actually. So yeah. I started a creative, a Highland creative is the name of it, but it's a similar, yeah. right. it's, a, it's like marketing basically. which is where it's funny because i am kind of come full circle when I, I never finished my MBA, but my MBA was in marketing focus. And so I started and kind of like used the marketing for other things and then kind of like went, and now I'm just back to just marketing. Like I just do marketing on the side. So So
0: when you're executing on a high level and this is uh, profitable and and going well, um, arms length leadership will give you an honorary MBA.
3: Okay. That'd be great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Non-accredited. Yeah. Not yet. Right. (laughs) Not yet. We don't need accreditation. Matter of fact, I have an MBA. I just decided. There you go. (laughs) I like it.
1: I feel like I do as well from just reading the books. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a better way to say it. Master of book. Assimilation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like Henry Ford. Henry Ford in Napoleon Hill. Think and Grow Rich. Last book I read. Right. They were, he sued somebody for slander. Mm. And he, mm-hmm. during the court hearing, he was being grilled by the lawyers. They're trying to make him look stupid. Uh, like, no, he, he really is stupid. Cause they were, they said he was stupid in the slander. Yeah. Oh, right. And he <laughs> sued them and yeah. they were trying to say he is stupid. Here's, you know, we'll show you the jury. <laughs> yeah. And he, you know, boiled down to why do I need to know all this general knowledge when I can push a button on my desk? And answer anything that you, you know, when the war was or how many soldiers died. Who needs that? Yeah. What specialized knowledge is what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the point of the book. The book was like, it's the specialized knowledge, that that great idea that you have inside of you, then persisting and never giving up chasing that that great idea of specialized knowledge, whatever it is. Right. You can be named Coca-Cola, yeah. U.S. Steel, yeah. all these great things. That's what made them successful. The mm-hmm. specialized knowledge, not general knowledge, which is what you get from, from college. And that builds you a good base maybe, but right.
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think we make a lot out of it that is unnecessary.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny too because in in the Napoleon Hill book I'm talking about with uh, Andrew Carnegie was talking about like people that could get an idea in their head and then just like totally focus on that goal and he called it a, have an obsession yeah. with that and that's all they see all they think about and they're just obsessed with that thing happening mm-hmm. and that like basically things start to happen that you wouldn't expect to to go toward that goal so he was talking about Thomas Edison wanted to have a light bulb that, that actually worked, right? They could get the filament to to go on for a second or two, but then it'd go out. And he, I didn't realize this, but he, he went through like a thousand different um, filaments and nothing was working. And he just kept trying different um, like tungsten or lead or um, different metals, different alloys or whatever. And I've always heard that, I knew that, but I thought that he did that and then he got one that was right, but that's not what happened what happened was eventually he was so obsessed with it. It just like came to him in a flash that, um, there's something about how coal is made or burned. And he was like, Oh my goodness, we're just not regulating the heat. If we put it in a vacuum, maybe that will regulate the heat and it won't burn out right away. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't his one thousand and one, uh, experiment worked. It was he. He tried and tried and tried and tried. If he would have just kept trying, he could have done another million uh, different things, and it wouldn't have worked. Of just right. using different alloys or whatever. But he, it, it just like came to him, and then he 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 did the, the vacuum, and it lasted for like eight hours. So it went from like two seconds to eight hours. But he totally changed what he was doing. But he was obsessed with it, and he wanted to figure figure it out. And so sometimes we talk about persistency and consistency and stuff like that, and that's good, but if we do it like a robot, then it's not good. yeah, um, so he was really focused on trying to figure it out, and it just finally came to him and maybe it was the act of doing those things over and over and over again that somewhere in the back of his mind he was kind of trying to solve the solve the yeah. riddle almost
1: that's right i. I mean, it's learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not just replacing the filament like a robot, like you yeah, said. Yeah. There's machine learning happening. There's yeah. I'm replacing it, and then he throws in this it's the synthesis you talked about where yeah. you're bringing in you've learned all this stuff. You you know you hit the, all these walls and problems and challenges, and you solve them, and you solve this little thing over here and this thing over here, and then it all comes together in a flash, mm-hmm. and you're an overnight success. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because that was like his first experience like if you, if you eliminate all the thousand like it, it was like an overnight success right he, he, he had this one idea and he did it so we could say it that way he had this one idea of doing it in a vacuum and it worked right but he also
1: you can't get, you don't it. get to the end and without failing all those times and learning and never quitting yeah back to what we just talked about in the beginning yeah
3: Well, <laughs> do you
1: guys want to keep going? <laughs> My brain is tired.
3: <laughs> I'm cool. I mean, yeah. so
2: well, I, Rick, do you have anything oh, you, you haven't said a whole lot? I was going to say that I yeah. like the 45 minute range on the podcast. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it gets too long and then I got to
3: commit so much time to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So so we'll end it right here then.
3: Yeah. I, I like that too because I think in the 40 to 45 ish that gets you to and from work through like 20 minute drive, yeah. yeah, like 20 minute drive to and from work. You listen to half on the way there, half on the way back. Yeah. you know. Good or job. if you have a really long commute, you have to listen to the whole thing, but yeah. have to get yeah.
0: to. Yeah. So, so we'll end it right here then. I appreciate you guys. And, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, if you could please, uh, rate it, uh, give it a five star and oh, follow, yeah. um, that'd be much appreciated. And, um, uh, I, I like the idea of having a miracle morning. So, uh, if, if you if if you attempt to have a miracle morning or you figure that one out, um, message us your miracle morning. We yeah. want to hear about it.
2: Yeah, when yeah. you figure it out. When you figure it out, yeah. like that. Don't don't quit. Yeah. You're trying Yeah, Thomas Edison. Yeah, and it's there. You just got to find it. Got to figure out how how it works for you.
1: Yeah. In the spirit of arms-length leadership.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: learn, share, apply, share. Yeah. Share the podcast. If somebody needs it, you know that they think they'll benefit from it, share the podcast.
3: Yeah. yeah. We, we share. could be their fifth influence, their fifth friend. Yeah. Help bring that average up. <laughs>
1: yeah. I like friends. Hopefully.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like or that. if you're one of the 75% millennials who doesn't have any friends, we could be your first friend. Yeah. Right.
1: I'm happy yeah. to help all millennials.
3: Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm claiming Gen X. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, I was born in 82, so I get to pick. Yeah. Gen X or millennial?
1: Oh, nice.